Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Real LaRue's podcast. I know I've left it late. I know it's match day, but I wasn't going to leave you hanging. I wasn't going to leave you hanging, all right? You can listen to this on the way to the game or on the way from whatever, the office to the sofa, wherever you watch it. No shame here. No judgment. Um, I'm going to dive straight in. You might have heard him before on the podcast. Um, He's a writer. He's a producer. And most of all, He's a fucking horrible gooner. <laughs> it's Ben Welch. How are you doing, mate? It's good to uh, good to have you back. I guess. Uh, it, I'll only decide whether it's good to be back uh, full time tonight. And um, I'm not good. No, I woke up this morning thinking about it. Drove my little boy uh, to school thinking about it. Um, he asked me if he could stay up and watch it, and I was kind of umming and ahhing. Um He's only five. So he have his first experience of heartbreak and probably the first time here hear me say the c word out loud. So, um, yeah, I Is his mum might Conte. His, <laughs> <laughs> well, it will be Conte in a sentence with another c word. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not. This is. I feel genuinely like like I don't want to watch it. I said to my mates, I might not watch the first twenty minutes because that's that's. It's going to be too stressful. I know that Tottenham will start fast. The crowd will be well up for it. Kane and Son are going to have a little look over at Cedric at right back and think, yes, we'll have some of that. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't feel good about it. If so, if someone had told you, what, 15, 20 years or, or so ago, that you'd be nervous ahead of a North London derby, you wouldn't have believed them, right? No, absolutely not. I mean... Like the teams that I really remember when, when I was, so I used to play for a football team Onger Town, and it was very much an Arsenal Spurs split in that team, and we just didn't care about Spurs because they had like Steve Sedgley, Vinny Samways. I know this is more than fifteen years ago, but and it's like yeah, Spurs. I mean, the nineteen ninety one FA Cup semi final loss was was awful. It's the first time I cried um, about football, um, and so I just sort of never they never bothered me, and then. I actually quite liked it in a way when they started to get good because it then I had a reason to look forward to that game and enjoy it. Now, in an era where Spurs have arguably been better than Arsenal, um, I absolutely hate that game more than any game. Dread it, feel sick, can't bear to lose. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's awful. But you know they're a good team, and ultimately, I sent someone today. This is either the best night, you know, of your year, 
or it's the worst night. So it's it's a very much a, a Russian roulette. It can pay off, but at the same time, it can basically then make you think, oh, I hate football. Fuck it. I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm supporting Southend United from now on. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's good. I like having Spurs up there, but I just kind of wish they were, you know, that they. It's like, well done, you've come along. You know, you, you're good, but we're better. Like, but, like our yeah. Martin Yol era when we were still, yeah. we were like manageably good for you. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, North London derby's a bit more of an occasion now, but we'll still finish above them. And yeah, know, they're not like going to win that. anything. Maybe, no, a, like maybe that. a league cup. <laughs> you know. I like that. I do not. I do not like this era of Spurs. Not at all. Well, we still don't fucking win anything, so you don't have to worry too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, we're not, if we were doing what Liverpool are doing, I'd, I'd sort of get it more. But you know. I know, but we're now we're both in that, you know, where you feel like football is now just become, well, before I used to think it was, you know, we're, we're target this, we'll try and win this. Now football is just, it's hope uh, for me and just winning those big games across the season and knowing that really, I know we've won some FA Cups in like recent times, but, you know, now it's just like the Liverpool Man City era and, We'll never be able to compete with them or probably Chelsea in terms of money and stuff. So now it's just about beating Spurs and, and finishing as high as we can. Well, what, as we're on Liverpool, before we sort of dive nuts deep, as they say, into the <laughs> uh, into the North London derby, it would be interesting to get your take on, did you watch Liverpool Spurs the other day? I did. So Klopp afterwards, you know, he, there was a lot of his kind of... And I get it, right? Klopp, Klopp's a salty. He's a salty loser, and that's probably what propels him to be such a great winner. I understand all that sort of thing, but a lot of the kind of the discourse from like Liverpool fans, and I guess that was provoked by Klopp, was that Tottenham played this massively overly defensive game. That it, it kind of was made out that we played like Stoke, which I would say, from my perspective, I mean, I'm not. I'm on record. I'm not the biggest Conte fan. I'm not the biggest fan of his football, that sort of stuff, but. I kind of felt that Spurs played well and a lot of our sort of defensive action was just a reaction to Liverpool being what the probably the best team in Europe at the moment or second best if you're going to count Manchester City. I mean how did how did you did, were you watching us thinking we were stoked with Son and Kane up front or not at all I I absolutely like I hate that um nonsense that retort from Klopp. Um I used to hate it when Wenger used to um churn it out when we used to play teams that, you know, got everyone man behind the ball. I was like, well, find a way. That's what the best teams do, find a way. You, what is only, you know, complete naivety and stupidity that you'd play into the hands of one of the best teams in the world. Um, I think Spurs played a brilliant game. I mean, I hated watching it. I was sick when they scored and when celebrated Diaz's goal like it was an Arsenal goal um, and then really wanted them to go on and win it. But, um, I think Spurs did a great job. They they played really well, and I don't have issues with teams doing that. You know that is that that is an aspect of um, tactical acumen that any good teams have, and you have to adapt and play to your strengths. And and Spurs did that. So yeah, I thought it was nonsense. I think Klopp. I'm not sure. I think yesterday might have come out and sort of since reviewed those uh, quotes. But um, yeah, never liked it when Wenger did it, and, and don't like to hear it now. I mean, he is. He is amazing, isn't he? Though Klopp, he's uh, like this. I've, I've kind of a couple of years ago when we were sort of more neck and neck with Liverpool, and obviously the Champions League final that I like to bring up and punch myself in the face with constantly, and more like when we're in the league when we were kind of 
in that little band of teams that was pushing for the sort of for the very top, there was a bit of a five-minute rivalry between Liverpool and Spurs, and I think now they just they're not particularly asked about as they hate Harry Kane and there's just there is something about Spurs that they're not really that fond of. I think my sort of take on it is that Liverpool are one of those teams that they you know they want ownership of the whole kind of we're the dreamers type shit and I just think they don't like the fact that Spurs are sort of similar in that way and whatever but I mean you know I there's just there's something about Klopp and that what he's the the sort of the magic that he's managed to create around them that's made me not hate them like and I, I can't stand the fan base I cannot stand the kind of the entitlement of that but Liverpool as a team I, I cannot help but marvel at them you know because they are they're unbelievable they are to to have the sort of the intensity as consistently as they have across what f- probably four five years now it's unbelievable three champions league finals in five years it's just it's it's unheard of um i suppose it probably makes you a bit gutted because i think you were quite heavily linked to Klopp, weren't you a, a few years back before they got him yeah i mean i'll uh I've read the Klopp book. I think it's called. Um, oh, I can't remember what it. There's a Klopp book by Raphael Hogenstein, and I've read that, and I love. I liked it. I love Klopp. I think that when you watch Liverpool, me as an individual, it certainly appeals to my sort of personality, and and I think that it, football fans love watching them. Not put their attacking capabilities aside. It's more that the players like the intensity and the effort that they put in because mm. when you watch that you you kind of envious that you want your you want your players and your team to to fight for the the club and the and the badge and the team like that and and harass the team and they they play like a you well I mean an actual fan would last about 5 minutes before puking up but um the intensity of which they play you're like that it's like they're playing like they're a fan um because they want to win so bad it means so much to them and Klopp um is everything encapsulates everything again like he he reacts he's animated like a fan even those sort of salty outbursts is like emotional like a fan he's he hugs he fist pumps he he's in it he lives it he breathes it he experiences it like a fan and that and i think is what resonates the most and it's when um you see players who even not kind of they could be wearing any shirt and um and they don't play with that level of intensity and they're not bringing it to every game that is, you know, do or die. And when your manager um, kind of just looks nonplussed on the on the sidelines or, you know, I think that's what we all want. And that's that's why it appeals to us. And like, you know, for I can understand why Conte might might irritate you, but on the sidelines, he lives and breathes it like when you when you score, like that's what you want to see. You want to see your manager go mad. You want to see him frustrated, irritated, gesticulating, animated. And I think Conte and Arteta both bring that, and that adds another dynamic and interest, uh, I think, to the game. I'd be interested to know your thoughts on Conte. Actually, I mean, were you obviously? I mean, <laughs> I think everyone was happy, other than Spurs fans, um, when Nuno Spirito Santo was in charge. But <laughs> when we sort of did act decisively and get rid of him because it, it was a disaster and I can't you know, really imagine anybody was expecting much different from that and we brought in Conte I mean I can imagine the, the initial sort of 
fear might have been there. But as as it's kind of gone on, you kind of seen his sort of demeanor at Spurs, everything like that. Does it does it still bother you? Do you do you think he could be onto a good thing at Spurs, or Spurs could be onto a good thing with him, or? Do you see it as a sort of a mismatch of styles, identities? I'm, I'm, just, I'm genuinely just interested to know what, how you feel about it from the outside. If it, if it bothers you that Tottenham have Antonio Conte in charge, basically, as an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I do. I, I think he's good. I don't think that Tottenham are going to do anything other than compete with us because, and it's, that's not, you know, um, me reacting emotionally because I'm an Arsenal fan um, and I just want to downplay what they're capable of achieving, but... I don't think anyone outside Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea are really ever going to be maybe Manchester United depending on you know how their next sort of phase of their um, post Ferguson era develops um, because they've got the money but it it doesn't matter really you know there are anomalies obviously along the way Leicester City being one winning trophies and stuff and but really if you can't buy the players it doesn't matter how good a manager you are um and Spurs are very much in that I think recruitment has to be so spot on you and there are lots of players that you could look at that Spurs have bought where it's a lot of money but in this day in this market even like 30 million is like a gamble now it's not like a guaranteed good player and you can see lots of players in the Tottenham team where you're like they cost a lot of money they've had a reasonably good career so far, played for big clubs, but they're just kind of average. And you can see that in Arsenal as well. I mean, look at Pepe, spent loads of money on him, hasn't really delivered. And that is the bracket with which Arsenal and Spurs are in. They can buy, they can spend maybe more than other clubs, but you can't guarantee, um, you're not spending enough to almost guarantee that the player is going to be a success. And I think that Man City and Liverpool can do that. Um, I think Conte... I don't know if he'd stay at Spurs because I don't know if for him competing for a top four and maybe an FA Cup or whatever um, is good enough. He, I think he wants to be, you know, one of the top, managing one of the top teams in Europe. Um, but I do think, I think that he is obviously very typically Italian in terms of he's a, he's a hard task master, task master. He's, Football is a profession to him. It's not. It's not really something to be enjoyed. Um, and I think he's good tactically. I think that he is a bit polarizing. He's a bit kind of marmite, and maybe that's how the players respond to him. But I think players of high standards, like Harry Kane and some of the best players you've got, I'd be interested to know how they feel about his. You know, when he comes into a sort of public forum and criticizes him and stuff. But that's the standards that. Um, he expects and I, I'm i not sure yeah like his, his, man, his man management's a bit like Mourinho it kind of has it's a little bit old school um, in terms of berating players but I think that he motivates the, the, the players that demand the highest from themselves and like I said I think he's good tactically I think he's a good manager I just can't see someone like him staying at Spurs and I might be wrong and the same thing, and I say that, I wouldn't see him staying at Arsenal either if he was there because he th- he definitely believes he should be managing, you know, City, Liverpool or whoever um, and competing for every title. It's funny, isn't it? It's it's a tough one because I think, if, if I'm correct in saying, I think around the time they appointed Ancelotti, there was some talk that they passed up on Conte. 
you know, United passed up on him this summer. And we've sort of, we've heard him all throughout the season. I think one of my big issues with him is just, is that demeanour. I think I, I, I kind of, I understand the theatrical side of it. Um, I do take on board that this is something he's done at every single club he's ever been at. But what I always put back to that is that he's pretty much walked out of every other club he's been at. So it, it it's not really reassuring if he's... Uh, in every press conference saying maybe I'll leave maybe you know if this club isn't gonna you know challenge for top honours then maybe I'll leave because this is this is kind of how I I don't really see how the club are expected to give a man a hundred say a hundred mil this summer hundred million pounds to spend on players to build a team if they are worried he's going to walk out halfway through the year so I, I don't I don't it's a bit kind of but what does hundred? What does even a hundred million do well, anyway? This is it, and I mean, and it, on that point, actually, it is quite interesting when you really think about it. That because I've I've seen a lot of talk when, say, the Newcastle takeover happened, and they were putting out these kind of things through whatever their affiliated journalists that were saying, well, no, 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 there's not going to be Mbappe's, there's not going to be Haaland's. You know, this is going to be careful, considered buying with a long-term kind of roadmap and all that. No, all that it means is, like you were saying, is Tottenham and Arsenal, right? We can make a gamble on... Look at look at Ndombele. We spent, what, 50, 60 mil on him. You spent 70 mil on Pepe. And we have to rely on that gamble paying off. We ha- That player has to work for us. And in both instances, they haven't. You know, whereas City, as we've seen, what they can do is... And this is one of those things they're off. They like off lauded for you know, well they they don't spend like you know the Galacticos of Real Madrid used to do, and they don't spend like um, PSG do. No, but they still every single summer buy three or four players who are what fifty, sixty million pounds. Stick them on two hundred k a week, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know they the but, but they but they've built. I remember you know let how long as that era been at Man City, they weren't good straight away. They've built that squad over time. It wasn't like a overnight click your fingers, we've got this. They now, you know, they're now in a position where they can afford to make those misses. But, you know, they bought players at the beginning and they and, and hired wrong. They didn't always have like the right manager um in the in the kind of different eras of of, of Man City becoming getting to the point where they are. And they've yeah, they spent money and failed, but they, of course, but I mean the the yeah. point is more that they can they can. No, that's fail. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is yeah. they've over time they've built this squad where either they can fail because they've got it's ridiculous. Like you look at this, their depth. You know, two three players um, in some positions, just world class. Like or, <laughs> or, or it's how can you compete? I look at that squad and I think what's you know. There's literally no chance, not in any, <laughs> there is no way that Arsenal are ever, ever going to be able to compete with them. Because we saw it last night in the in the game when Laporte went down injured or, you know, looked like he was hurt at least. And the commentators are making that, well, Man City are going to be in trouble now. Or, you know, if, if he's out, they're in trouble. They've got £50 million Nathan Ake warming up on the sidelines. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just... Come on, you know what? What's are we supposed to have sympathy for this? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. But it, 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 I think this is kind of this is the important thing, right? Because Spurs are we're sort of beating around the head consistently with uh, what have you won, and I, I get it. A lot of it is 
it's footy banter, you know, it's the, <laughs> it's, it's what we live and breathe, you know, it's, it's what it's there for. And there is something to be said for the fact that under Pochettino, we didn't win anything at all. I do get that. I'm not like completely oblivious to that. I'm not going to sort of, you know, pretend that it doesn't matter at all because it obviously does. But at the same time, like, like we're saying here, you know, I mean, I think if if you even look at, I was saying the other week, you look at how amazing this Liverpool team is, right? You look at this Jurgen Klopp era. There's every chance they're going to win the Premier League once in this whole era. And you, it just makes you think, fucking hell, you know? like I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I was thinking it last night. Um, I played football last night. And when I got back, I'd, I'd, uh, the Man City game was still going on. But I think they were like 4-1 up by the time I got home. And I was like, imagine being Liverpool. You know that you know, they got beat by one point that year when it was it they got ninety nine and Man City ninety nine points yeah yeah and then it's going to be the same here and it's like imagine being that good and not winning because Man City are just this kind of relentless um, f- not functional that's the wrong word but you know like they just get the job done and their consistency is ridiculous and it's because they come you know. They can shuffle their team. They can bring in class player, world class players. Um, you know, like when Man City are at home to basically anyone other than, you know, some teams in the top five, top six, top four, whatever. It's just like yeah, there's no point in watching that game. Like, what is the point in watching it? They're just gonna win. Um, they're they're incredible, but kind of boring at the same time. Well, um, this is it, and I think that the problem is right that w- that we all face is. Say the one year City do, you know, they're they're just not quite in sync with one another and whatever. As, as happens to any team, doesn't matter how 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 much sort of depth they have or money they have. There's just going to be a year when things are being realigned or whatever. Generally speaking, that's when Chelsea step up because <laughs> they're another team that's been doped in a particularly sort of similar way. So it, I think what what we derive joy from in football we're all having to go through a big sort of like process of realigning that because I, I kind of, I feel that even in, even in the sort of heydays of you and Manchester United being the two best teams in the country. I mean, I don't know. United, United looked pretty impenetrable. And again, I'm not just doing the, the banter thing. Like, you know, Ferguson's legacy was there for all to see. And Wenger was brilliant. And Arsenal were obviously, an exceptional, exceptional side, but I don't know, United did look different. But either way, there wasn't this sort of sense of hopelessness that there kind of is now in football, that, you know, that certain... I think. Do you know what I think that is? Is because if you look at United, they'd had eras where they were dominant before, you know, and, like, and fallen away. So mm. there's the context of that when you look at how dominant they were. And also, although obviously they were the richest team, they weren't, uh, you felt like other teams, they weren't like Man City rich, just like, not not in that area. Like if, I'm, I'm, if you can, if you contextualize it, like they weren't like, you know, Man City, even as a business, I imagine it's like a drop in the ocean to their owners. Like it's whatever, it's nothing what they're spending. And also the reason Wenger was able to disrupt that United era was because he, basically i mean lots of things that he but he, he changed the way players trained in this country and also more than anything he had a scouting network that was able to get players like you know game changers like Vieira Henri um and that was what 
brought on a new era within the Premier League, but also he was able to, he had an advantage, which um, he had a, a, you know, um, he had something that no one else had at the time. But now every team in the, in, in the, now the Premier League era is in the kind of stratosphere where every team's got a scouting network. Um, every team really in the Premier League can, you know, teams that get relegated spend 30 million on players, um, which is crazy. Uh, so I think that the hopelessness is it comes from the fact that we've never, although Man City have been sort of, you know, they've been as far down as League Two, uh, sorry, League One, um, we've never seen them climb to these heights with which they're at now and then fall, which we've kind of seen with United where they had really successful eras and then have fallen. And also they just they're just so rich even in an era of rich teams, they're richer than everyone else, really. And they can just buy and they can just improve. It's like, oh, we spend 100 million on Grealish. Hasn't had the best season, so what? Like, we've got we've got a ridiculous squad. Um, so I think that is the hopelessness of it. I, I think what would need to happen, maybe, is that a manager comes in, you know, whoever replaces Pep and gets it wrong. I think that would maybe give some of us some hope. Um, but but yeah. interestingly on this, though, like, where where do you think it's where has it gone wrong for Arsenal? Because I mean, right, you don't you don't have the same European pedigree as them, but really domestically, your history is comparable to a team like Liverpool. You have that same heritage, you know. You are you are, you know, it's disgusting to say, but you are one of the biggest teams in like in England, in, in historically speaking, anyway. But it, it just it seems strange that you seem so resigned as as an Arsenal fan to kind of playing second fiddle to even Liverpool because I th- I think the difference with Liverpool is and I'm I'm interested in this because I, I I feel that sooner or later they're they're great don't get me wrong they're fantastic brilliant team but sooner or later the wheels are going to come off of it they just are like they, they, it has to. And I know this is sort of one of those things people say, well, people have been saying this for years, but it there comes a point when it is unsustainable. It's either going to be, you know, Salah goes or Mane goes or they just stop responding or listening to Klopp. You know, you can see they, they haven't spent... I mean, I know they just bought Diaz, but he was relatively cheap. They, they can't spend with the same sort of ferocity as someone like City or even Chelsea. I mean, it remains to be seen what Ted Bowley will do with the club, but you'd imagine it would probably be a similar thing as... Abramovich, um, and so I, I, I just I'm sort of intrigued to know why you think that the, because I still think that you know, you're still a club that you you basically you manage to sign pretty much whoever you want unless City are in for them, and that's kind of what the reality that everybody has to face, right? But what is it that gives like leaves you feeling so hopeless about Arsenal's kind of ability to? Do what Liverpool are doing now, for example, if you got the right manager in. I'm not saying Arteta isn't, but you know what I mean. No, I, I, there's always that. You know, without going too heavy on into too much detail on Klopp, I think that he is the catalyst for much of what's happened there, and it's all kind of come together. Um, it's like a perfect marriage of everything. Um, and I just think I, I appreciate what you're saying. Is they're not like they don't have the spending power necessarily of the other teams but they still their success has enabled them to they can still buy the best players and the best players want to go to them because they've won like champions leagues and they're um what is it they've been in like three of the last four finals or something like that um 
and they they have they do have a a leg a legacy a, um, a history of real dominant eras. I don't really know if Arsenal have had that. Like, uh, and I've I might I've not like completely knowledgeable about the Herbert Chapman era, but I'd probably say maybe that might have been Arsenal's most dominant era. But we've had like periods where we've won a few trophies and had. But we've ne- I don't know if we've ever been the dominant team where you're just expected to win. Like even when we won the league, um, we they weren't like dominant eras, you know, where that you're kind of winning back to back Premier Leagues. Um, I don't think Arsenal have ever won. They none of that. They never won a Premier League back to back. So <clears throat> I don't know if we have that kind of same allure as teams like Liverpool as well. In the sense that Liverpool have won the Champions League, or they've won the European Cup. What is it like? Is it six times now? Yeah, six times. Um, we've never won that. I think we've only won one European trophy. Um, we don't have a great history in Europe, so I don't think we're, on, we're to, to players around the world. I don't know if we have that the same lure that um, Liverpool do. I don't think we can buy in the same way that they can. Um, I do think that maybe we're on the sort of verge of like we're maybe at a tipping point and i say that because the fan base has definitely been more invested and they're definitely louder and the reason that is part of that reason is um even for someone like myself who's 40 this month um and haven't really cared about the team in the same way that i did when i was like a teenager um i feel like a teenager now and i watch them because it's you sort of get these died in the wall players from the the academy that make you care. That you have Aaron Ramsey, who is a complete shit house, and I imagine that every other fan hates him. But he's quite when he's on your team, um, he makes you think. Yeah, he makes you believe. He makes you. He, he reacts like a fan, and he it, it shows that it means everything to him. And that very animated, emotional response um, and approach to the game is what. Um, is a catalyst for the fans and the noise of in the stadium. And the reason that we've been a lot louder this year, and I'm kind of worried that it might change next year, is a lot of Arsenal, Arsenal offered a lot of fans, you know, 30 people have been going Arsenal 30 years and the season ticket's been in their family and they're older. They gave them a season ticket holiday this year after the pandemic. And a lot of people took that because we were crap as well. So a lot of younger fans um, have been going. Uh, because it's been a lot easier to get tickets. Also, a lot of younger fans were going because we were crap and no one was buying the tickets. And I can tell you now, like it's been, I think I've been eight times this year at home. Um, and at the beginning of the season, it was easy to buy tickets. It's been a lot harder as the season's progressed. Um, so like a younger fan base has been going for all these reasons. And that has coincided with the fact that the team has um, got young players that these that these young fans can invest in. and they're, um, And maybe maybe we're on the kind of uh, a tipping point where we could be onto something special. But I do think that we're one or two really key players. Like over the summer, whoever we buy, if we buy someone to play, uh, you know, as a striker, that could be all that, you know, that could be the difference. And although Xhaka has come on and there's, Again, another sort of polarizing plan. I won't get too much into him. I do think he's much improved this year and, and shown his value to the team. They still need another centre midfielder, and we need a left back to cover Tierney because clearly Tavares um, maybe is not up to it. So 
we're a few players away and that and the recruitment over the summer will be absolutely crucial so i haven't lost all hope i do think we're on the verge of something but um i look at what the other teams have money um and just they're, they're kind of in that winning mentality and rhythm and, and arsenal and spurs have almost both but incredibly we've both become banter clubs at this uh, you know you call it spursy we don't have a word like that for Arsenal, but everyone, everyone, every fan is always like Arsenal will bottle it here or Arsenal are going to lose their nerve or Arsenal don't have the mentality. Um, so, you know, Arsenal fan TV have made us a joke. So we've both become banter clubs and to step out of that and become a, a clubs that are feared by the other teams, I think we've probably got a bit of a way to go. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It, it's it is interesting. I mean, I I get dug out a lot, and I'm. It's not just. It isn't just this kind of self-preservation, or worst case scenario catastrophizing type thing. I honestly, I do think there is something good for you, not for us, but good for you going on at Arsenal. From the outside, I do, I do look at it, and I see, I see. A lot of kind of parallels to what was going on with Pochettino in the early days there, in terms of you've got that kind of nucleus of young, talented players that love the club and are just buzzing to be playing playing for the club. And you know, it doesn't mean they're all gonna stay there or work out there forever. You know, we had the similar, we had like Bentaleb, we had Brian Mason, Andrus Townsend, you know, who were there in some of the early stages of it. But you know the ones that are there now is Harry Kane, really. That's that's about it, you know. And the others have gone on, done their own thing or whatever. But, but the point is that when you're kind of, you know, when you when you're driven along by that, like you say, you can then add those add those players on if you if you recruit smart, you can add the players on to to fill the gaps and build on kind of that platform of enthusiasm of passion even though that's become such a dirty word nowadays that Arteta seems to have established and yeah you know I, I was sort of at first obviously you know you kind of I had the initial worry he's worked under Pep Guardiola this guy's going to be decent and then probably after the first year or so I was just looking really at Arteta and kind of took that he seemed like he seemed more like a, an Andre Villas-Boas the kind of the young guy that was just overreaching trying too hard to be like this disciplinarian bit of a control freak was obviously getting players backs up people weren't responding to him that well but he seems to have he seems to have broken through that 
Um, and I, 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 I think that we all are guilty of this, right? Whereas actually, if you look at it, you're like, right, firstly, to Arsenal to get what where they are, they basically had to blow up what they had. Do you see what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. even Emery had a shocking squad. So to like, if you think, if you look back to the squad that Arteta had when he came in and where the team was and what had happened under Emery, like that is such a tremendous amount of work to even like reshape the squad, then actually instill some expectations and demands rather than like, I'm not going to get into Wenger. I love Wenger. I was, I, yeah, he should have, it went on too long. Um, but you know, I, I'm not. I'm, I won't really say a bad word against him. I absolutely love him and what he did for the club. But standards are dropped, and you know we'd stagnated slightly. And Arteta had to go in there and and that really rattle some cages and change. So he's got to change the culture, change the squad, then implement his own style. Um, and if you're going to blow everything up and start from afresh with a young team. Even when we lost three in a row, I'm like, that's just what happens. This is what happens to a young team. Like a young team, pretty newly assembled as well, by the way. Like a lot of new faces in there. They go through bad they go through good and bad patches. Don't get me wrong, there are times where I thought you could look at some of his substitutions and question them. Um sometimes you try something tactically when you think it would have been a safer option to kind of go with the obvious option. Sometimes you could say maybe his man management, I bet he maybe rubs people up the wrong way. But ultimately, I have very much been believing in, in what he's about. And I accept that if you're going to have a young team and, you've got, and you're part of a long-term project, you have good and bad spells and you're going to fail. And those failures are actually really important because if those young players are going to go on to achieve, they need to be able to experience those failures and know how to come back. So um I've kind of never really wavered. I've always sort of thought he's the right man. He just needs time. And um, yeah, because then, and I always kept thinking to myself, well, if you get rid of him, who do you, who do you get? You're not going to get Klopp or anyone like that. So who, who do you replace him with? So um, it's a really, I think it's a really tough job. And I think he's done a great job. And if you do look at his recruitment, it's been pretty bloody good. Like, including with Edu. Everyone, you know, absolutely slaughtering the likes of Edu when things go wrong, but how many players have we brought in that have actually turned out pretty good as well? Like one being Martinelli. Um, so yeah, I I think we're in a good place, but um, it's so much riding on tonight, it's actually sickening. Um, we could really be in a great position, obviously, if we get Champions League football and recruit well over the summer. And then at the same time, you know, Conte gets Champions League football. Who can he recruit over the summer? You've got already two game-changing world-class players in Son and Kane. That it makes me feel sick how good they are. Um, they all I worry about tonight. Like, don't get me Kulusevski. Obviously, has been, but I just think about Kane and Son, and I'm like, how how do you stop them? They they I hate that Spurs have got them. It kills me. I've got this, you know, I've got this horrible fear that uh, you're going to, that Kane's going to sulk Ambulers, that you're going to be, in, in, <laughs> no a, couple, in a couple of no years' way. time, you're going to be in a better position, right? This momentum, that everything, all this stuff that I'm, oh, Arsenal the great shit that I'm on about at the moment. You're going to, you are going to be in a better place in a couple of years' time. And Kane is, he's not going to sign a new contract at Tottenham. He's, he's going to Van Persie as I, you know, I know City have signed 
Haaland than that, but I still yeah, wouldn't, go- I still wouldn't even be surprised if they signed him on a free. He's it was he's he's thirty goals a year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he'll be. I honestly think he'll go United or Chelsea, or I could see him. Oh, like, please not, please not Chelsea. No. I could. I'm not sure whether oh. Harry's the sort of man to go abroad, but I could see. A team like a Bayern Munich, you know, like if he was on a oh, free. Harry won't go to Germany, will he? Come on, <laughs> you know I mean? he's not going to do that. He'll uh, be he'll be saluting a big Union Jack flag in his bedroom every every night before he does if he went R- to R- Germany. Romero's Romero's on loan, right? Well, it's a loan obligation to buy. Because I, I, I hate the Spurs have got him as well. He's quality, isn't he? He's yeah, really it's... really good. Yeah. He's really good, but I think he's. One of those players that's just so good that we're just enjoying him while we got him because yeah he looks primed for a Real Madrid or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, so your front three is just that is what makes me feel sick about tonight. I mean, and, you, you you'd have Son and Kane at Arsenal, right? Oh, like, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. and that's, they're pretty much what you're missing. Oh my god! If we had Kane, I often think this. I was like, what would? How? Where would we be if we had Kane? Well, like, this is this is why I was. I was so fucking relieved when you didn't get um, Vlajevic when Juventus got him because I really thought he would have been a, a spectacular signing for you. I do too. He is he's a beast. He's athletic, physical, technical, can finish. Um, offers like, you know, he's good in the air, gets in behind, like he's got everything. Um, and yeah, I he would have been a game changer. Um, I just... <laughs> All I can see is like tonight, my fear is that like three minutes in, like Spurs absolutely like ripping across, tearing everywhere, smashing into tackles. Cedric's half asleep, ball goes to him, plays some shit back pass. Kane goes round Ramsdale, Ramsdale brings him down, sent off, penalty, 1 0. Do you know what? If this happens, and I've said this, I'm going to be absolutely sick. and then it'd be like, oh, this is going terribly for Arsenal. They're 3-0 down inside 20 minutes. Xhaka loses his nut. Now we're down to nine men. I'm just, oh, I just can't, I can't handle it. I can't, I, I can see there being a draw, but I just can't see us winning. I know that makes me super negative, but I just don't know how we, to win there, with that, it'll be so loud. Oh, it's going to be awful. Imagine if you, this is, the, my fear about this is though, mate, if you win this, not only like, obviously, does that seal, Champions League and whatever it's it's almost like it is almost it's it's obviously it's not up there of you winning the league at White Hart Lane but it's in that similar sort of ilk of kind of achieving something at our ground so you do have form for doing that there and uh, yeah, but it could be it could be, it can be that for both either club just this is why there's so much at stake no, we like, stay fifth though this is the thing we're still relying on you it's still it's all out of our hands now it is that is true that is true we're but, still relying because you always beat newcastle no you but always, i know but say st james's park monday night football you always you always slap them there you always do other than that one time when they came back and you mean when i was there god rest his the, soul and, and, were you check yeah check to in your the gallery in the Gallagher end, yes, I was there. Um, I went with my mates. Two, one's a Geordie um, Sports Newcastle. One's a Spurs fan, um, but he kind of went to, to his wife's a Geordie, and he went to university in Newcastle. So he kind of there is sort of his second team. And I went with my other mate who's a Greener, and um, we're in the Gallagher end, four new up at half time. I don't celebrate like one because I don't want to get beaten up, but also it would irritate me if someone did that. So I was just kind of like enjoying it. But then at half time. Go and have a drink. 
and I'm like, oh, it's kind of a bit of an anticlimax. Like we've come all the way up here, and you know, it's over at half time. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then my other mate, my who been slaughtering him already this morning. He in our WhatsApp group, he's like, oh, I forgot the game was tonight. He's meant to be a football fan, by the way. And then I've my message up before that was, I feel sick. I can't even. I, I don't think I can watch tonight. And then. Newcastle scoring is so that he doesn't stand out of place. He gets up and he's like, he's not cheering, but he's clapping. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, why the fuck are you standing up and clapping? I was like, I'm not going to cheer. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit here. I'm not getting up. I'm not, what are you doing? Anyway, the, all these scallies behind me have heard me speak. So they obviously know that I'm not a Geordie. For one, for two, I'm sitting next to my Geordie mate. I said to him, if you, if you touch me, if you touch me when it's 4-3, I'll, I'll take your head off. Anyway, it's 4-3. He's laughing. I was like, seriously, mate, if it goes to 4 all, like, just leave me the fuck alone. And then the Scallies have heard it. Tioto smashes it in. They grab me. I don't know who they are. They grab me. They start shaking me. These Geordies shaking me. Two women as well. Not blokes, women. Shaking me. Got absolutely ape shit. And I just had to stand there and take it. It was, we meant to have a night out after that. I was like, fuck that. I was like, I'm not going out. I'm not interested. Just sitting in the hotel room yeah. in a half. Like. So I was, I was raging. We went and got something to eat. And then the worst part of all, we just got on this night out. Fucking Tiote and all these Geordie Newcastle players turn up. They come to the bar, right? I was like, "Fuck this! I'm never coming back." Did you get a photo of him? No, I was like, was uh, like no word of a lie. They were in this room, this private room down these stairs, <laughs> and there was a queue for the men's toilets, and on the other side there was a queue of women to get into this. I was like, okay, so I've lost. And while I'm queued up to go piss, these blokes are basically. These Newcastle players have—they've got nothing to play for. What, what, why are they doing this? I've—I've I've got to watch all these, you know, women go in there. It's just like absolutely—it was horrific. Um, I think I did go. I used to go. I think I went up another year and we won one nil. Um, Kashelny, I think. I don't know if that was before or after that game. And they had Pardiola as well. It was just everything about it was—it was awful. But I've—I've—I um, don't think I've been. At any bad Arsenal Spurs games, um, mainly see us win. But I've been, I've been at some. You know, I was there nine from the halfway line. I was there when uh, Koscielny and Chesney fucked up, and Barry Ferguson ruffled Chesney's hair when they won the Carling Cup. I saw us lose to Chelsea Carling Cup, Man City. Um, yeah, Champions League final. You were there. Yes. Weren't you? Yeah, I, I lost. I was there, and I sat next to a Spurs fan. And I was next to a Spurs fan. This geezer, so we, me and my mates... We I think football a, hates you. I know. <laughs> I did. I went to the first five cup finals I went to. We lost. Um, this geezer, we, we won our tickets for a ballot. Um, so where I was sitting in the Champions League final was kind of like a mixture of fans. Anyway, this Spurs fan's next to me. This guy, he has been smashing the booze all day. So he's battered, right? So he's giving it the big one as well. And then... Um, yeah, obviously Barcelona win and he's he's talking, he's next to me and he's like, I've come all this way to watch you lose. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, I've got nothing to say. Like, I'm so, I'm so drained and gutted. Um, I was just like, well, you know, you spent all that money to come watch a team you hate. But then I kept thinking, actually, I respect that. <laughs> he spent all that money to come watch a team he hates lose. Um, and also I'd been offered, like, I don't know. There was geezers outside the the stadium offering fourteen hundred quid for a ticket, um, 
but obviously I was like, there's no way I'm missing the Champions League final, even for £1,400. No. Um, but I did have two mates who were Liverpool fans who also won tickets in the ballot and they sold theirs, but they sold theirs before we got there. They still came to Paris, but they sold theirs for 700 apiece. Um, so I've seen some bad ones. Um, and the only other time, by the way, also, listen to me, I'm going to say this now, I have no respect for any fan that watches this with an op like a, a Spurs fan. If you're an Arsenal fan, there's no way you can watch this game with a Spurs fan. Who You cannot put yourself through that. And um, my mate messaged me saying, oh, I'm watching this, we're going down the pub with some Arsenal and Spurs fans. I was like, As if I'm going, are you mental? I'm not doing that, I'm not going down there with Spurs fans. Imagine if they win, we'll be in the pub with them, pissed, celebrating. No chance, I want to be on my own. I'm either at the game, or I'm on my own, isolated, away from all the noise. This is, it's, it's, irrational. It's, it's totally irrational, we get that. But it is that thing, is it? Somebody could be one of your, like, one of your best mates you've known for years, but in that moment, you just despise them. You don't. Yeah, so there's no you, way. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it with anyone I know. But I this. Listen to this. I went. I, the one time I met mates to watch the game was that fucking game in the Emirates. So it was four all, right? I was like, I I was in their face. The David winning, Bentley one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. When we were winning, I was getting in their face, and then it was four all. I was like, I'm never ever doing this again. And then I got a mate that I lived with who was a Spurs fan, and um, he. Uh, we hadn't lived together that long and he had his other Spurs mate round and they were getting pissed and I watched the game I think we lost 2-1 when Danny Rose scored that goal was it 2-1? Um, anyway that game where Danny Rose scored that goal yeah yeah 2-1 um, him and yeah. Bale was it Bale yeah. as well scored the other? Yeah. yeah and they got battered and were singing outside my room um, but I went to bed because I was so pissed off and they were singing pissed outside my room two Spurs fans I was like that is it I'm never watching Arsenal Spurs with anyone ever again. I just need to be on my own. I had, uh, when I was, so remember when we beat you 3-2 at the Emirates when you'd gone 2 up and then oh, was we that, came um, back and... Yeah, is it Kabul scored that? Kabul scored the winner, yeah. 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 And the, yeah. But I was I was working and living in, in Iceland, in the country, not the, uh, <laughs> not, not the low-rent <laughs> supermarket. Um, and uh, yeah, I was watching his bar and to be honest, like, you know, there were probably about three Spurs fans in the whole of Iceland at this point. Um, but I was in this bar and it was just, it was just teeming with, teeming with gooners. And I was there, you know, loud and proud. I had my, I had my colours on. I think I had a shirt on or at least I had a scarf on because I was just like, well, whatever, I'm, I'm abroad, I'm representing. Sitting there with a pint on my own watching the football. And then it's like, it's 1-0 and there's like a lot of cheering and stuff and then I'm sat there and obviously then at this point they're starting to be like, oh, there's a Spurs fan in here. And a couple of them sort of talking to me and they've been like, find out I'm English and they're kind of, you know, very interested in it all and everything. And then, but it was, it was sort of, it was in that um, in that way of just being like, oh, you know, you're abroad and you're watching your team. That's quite, they were actually getting a bit like weird and aggy in a way about it. It just kind of being like, you know, this is an Arsenal pub, you know, what are you doing in here? wearing a Tottenham scarf and I you know I was just being a bit like mate you know we're, we're abroad it's, it's Iceland I don't know whether it's an Arsenal pub or a Tottenham pub or whatever just get on and enjoy the game and then I've, they'd had a few beers but then the second goal goes in and at this point they're all like jumping around me patting me on the head and all this sort of stuff ruffling my hair and just sitting there not doing anything obviously by the time it came around when the third goal was Third goal goes in, Eunice Cabal's in. I've probably, you know, like I said, I was sat at my own. 
I probably had about six, seven pints or so over the course of this game. And I was despicable. Yeah, I mean, that third goal went in. I'm talking red face, like spit flying out my mouth, just like, ah, ah, stand there and then thinking, and you sort of get that moment of realisation of like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get my head kicked in in a minute. Yeah. So you just kind of like, sneak out the pub just go home and that's but, it but I, I always think at that moment what if I've gone mental what if what if we don't win what if they score what if they equalise I, they, they I, go- I couldn't help it though it was just coming back from that point it was yeah it was a pure you know, release The one of the worst ones actually were my mate I am not joking like literally the least aggressive person you can ever imagine like just it's just not in him I've, I don't I've barely seen the bloke get the ump let alone ever out and we went to, we went out and watched Arsenal when they lost to Atletico Madrid um, in the Europa League, and there was these pissed uh, Spurs fans behind us, and um, he started like, like patting my mate. I think like he did something to him. like he was he was they were giving a shit all game, um, and then he he felt like he definitely touched him or he threw beer on him or something. And my <laughs> mate, I've never ever seen get the ump like rose up like went full incredible hulk um and it's always the like, quiet ones mate it's always yeah, the quiet yeah. ones and i was just like holy shit like what's he doing like i've never seen him do this um and then the geezer got chucked out because he was totally pissed anyway but i actually think it's even more annoying when you see when you've got like a, an arsenal or, or spurs or whoever you sport like the opposition fan there like egging another team on like that's even more annoying it's like it's you know, like seeing them celebrate another team beat you, like that's that's proper irritating when they've yeah. come out, especially for the occasion. Um, I've definitely been that person, just to yeah. just, just so you know. <laughs> like I've one hundred percent been the person celebrating whoever Brighton or something in the pub when they're beating Arsenal. Um, on 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 tonight's game, mate. I know it's we kind of we don't want to talk about it, but how how do you think you're gonna? Line up. Do you do you reckon you're gonna sit back or? Because I mean, one thing I'll I'll give Arteta is that he does seem to be sort of uh, in sync with the values of of the club of the Arsenal, as you like to <laughs> as do. you like to call it. Um, what is that about? What is where where does the come from? I actually don't know, but I'm I do love it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I just for me it like it winds me up. It really. I can does. imagine. I would hate it. I would definitely <laughs> hate it because it's like almost sort of self-importance. But um, the Arsenal. I think it. I think it's just where people used to be like, I'm going over the Arsenal, or like when I hear it heard, I'm like I'm going yeah I'm going over the Arsenal. Um, yeah. It's not. I don't really hear people say ah the Arsenal get on today. It's more like I'm going to the Arsenal. Um, but I, I heard a tube uh, driver once say, like, we're stopping at the Arsenal, and I, I respected that. I loved it. But well, like I say... So you know he was a gooner. That was it. He yeah, must have yeah, been. Absolutely. I would hate it. Don't get me wrong. I would be like, who the fuck do they think they are? So the other one was the pitch, the carpet as well. Oh, I saw you, the Arsenal social media team doing that. They said, the Arsenal, the carpet. And then it yeah. was. Just... That's a bit. That's a bit too bob. I'm not having that. But um, <laughs> that the Arsenal I'm having, I, I do like it. But I, I fully understand why it wind anyone up. We're, we're um, doing a tifo tonight. If you want to know about two bob, mate, have you seen it? Have you heard? Oh that? yeah, it's divisive. I've, I've said this now. I've had a lot of my mates be like, "Stop being a miserable twat <laughs> about it." Which fair enough, you know, I get it. But I mean, in my in my in my most humble of opinions, we did it in a Champions League quarter final against Manchester City. I can understand that, right? This is a league game, and I, I know it's a big game. I know it's it's an it's a derby, noise, but that should be 
that's that's where the atmosphere comes from. The fact it's a North London derby. I don't think we should be doing tifos. I'll take it up with the trust if if you're <laughs> listening, Cat. But um, I get it or whatever. You know, people just want to enjoy it. People are allowed to enjoy football in a way that I don't. Um, but. Uh, does it does it worry you the thought of Tottenham having a teeth over? And does it, do, 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 do you no. think that could be the the deciding no. factor in tonight's no, game? No. I don't. I don't. I think the deciding factor will be. I I think Arsenal will. I don't know if they sit back, but I definitely think they'll try to play on the counter. Um, I don't know. Like maybe maybe a try and fight fire fire. I would just. Oh, it's difficult. I just think that. My worry is how far Spurs start and the noise um, and the atmosphere and like, because we are quite a young team and inexperienced, how do they cope with that? Um, that would be, and like Xhaka, like don't be a knob in the first 20 minutes. Um, don't give a penalty away. Uh, don't smash someone. Don't kick the ball away. Like it's about keeping your head, I think, and 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 playing the game and, and not getting too emotional. But I do think it is... I think it's good to be like motivated by emotion, but you can't let emotion control you or like make you do something stupid, which um, he has a habit of doing. So that I think that he might try and play on the counter attack is what I'd imagine. But at the same time, I do think that there is a danger if if you sit back and the Spurs start fast that. You know, you're inviting trouble. Um, so maybe uh, it'd be interesting to see. Um, again, like my my concerns are Cedric. You know, Son against Cedric. Maybe Tomiyasu. I think he played Tomiyasu left back. I think that's what he played did in the last game. Cedric right back. Um, he might switch him over though for Son. But I know you've got Kulisewski on the other side, so I'm not entirely sure what to do there. But my my my, my worry is Kane drops in. And then plays that you know inside ball inside the fullback and uh, centre back into Son, whose timing of the run is like absolutely unreal. Um, and then it's about not letting Kulusevski come in on his left. And to be honest, like not fouling him in the box, like that would be. I could see him sort of cutting in and Xhaka come like charging over and clattering him in the box. Um, it's so annoying that yeah, as a, as a fan, everything that you visualise is the negativity. Like I can't even bring myself to imagine what would happen if we win because then I'll, it would be even worse. I like to actually, I do like to protect myself. I just, I'll be happy with a draw. If you offered me a draw now, I'd take it. Obviously, I'd be well happy with it. How much have you missed Champions League football, Ben? <clears throat> I, I have missed it. And um, I don't miss the group stages. I always think they're like really boring. And um, we always like play Olympiacos and Bayern Munich and... Um, but if you do get through the group stage, that is what I, um, that is what I miss. I do, and obviously the early stages of the Europa League are, are totally shite and boring because you're playing crap teams. But when was your, least, I, yeah, I was going to say when was your last good like Champions League run? When was the last like good Arsenal Champions League campaign? Uh, I don't know how many times we've got. I think we've only got past the quarterfinals a few times. Like, obviously, we got to the final. I think we got to the semis as well. Um, I'm always really rubbish. Like, if I get off this, once I get off this chat, I will remember all this stuff like specifically. But when I try and remember it on the spot, I can't. Um, and I don't think we ever really got. We never really went too much further than the the 
the quarterfinals quarterfinals to me are just like play Barcelona or Bayern Munich and get bad. That is just what I um I just always remember happening. But um I do miss those big games. I miss being able to attract good players. Um so yeah, it'll be good to, to get back in it. It's more to me, how I view it is like, oh look, it's not oh great, we're back in the Champions League. I'm you know, we're gonna have a chance of competing for it. It's if we get into the Champions League, what kind of striker can we buy over the summer? Um and just the confidence it will give the team. Um, yeah, but I still think, even if Arsenal don't make the Champions League, right? if you said to an Arsenal fan, you finish fifth after you know, finishing eighth, you know, that's progress. Whatever anyone says, and I'm not just saying this to protect myself, I do genuinely believe it. I still think that see, this season marks progress. And I want Champions League 100% more than anything, but I'm wary of being completely catastrophic if we don't make it because we've still progressed this year we still have something to believe in and it's still like the, i still think the project is on track the funny thing is both teams are we're in exactly that same position right if it, if it was anybody else right if it was anybody else and it was it's a shootout for fourth and fifth and spurs can finish fifth i would say well we started the season with nuno spirito santo it looked awful. It looked like Conte was going to walk after two, three games, even after we did bring him in. But now we've stabilised. We've added a couple of good players in January and we're in a good place. Whether we finish fifth or fourth, I don't really mind. I think kind of signs are looking positive. The problem is, mate, if we finish fifth, it means that you finish fourth. And yeah, it, it, it just takes it takes that kind of that ability to be a bit more reflective about it away. Do you know what it I mean? It does. I'll, I'll not. I won't. I, if we look like if like okay, like you're right. I keep thinking that like the way it keeps playing out in my head is like if we lose tonight, that's it. It's over. I, I still appreciate it's in our hands. But if we don't finish fourth, then probably I'll just think fuck football. That will be. I'm like I'm not in, like I can't. I'm not interested. Um, it'll take me a while to recover because it will be Spurs. Um, if it be, had it been anyone else, then it might be different. But yeah. Um, it's, it's as big a game of we, as we've played in such a long time. I mean, in my lifetime, apart from FA Cup semi-finals and stuff, I can't think of a bigger North London derby than this. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.